I want to just simply address a real easy question. Where do we go for our encouragement? If it's not a great moment for you, where would you go to be encouraged? If things have gone wrong at work, if things have gone wrong at home, if things are just difficult, maybe you just finished reading the news and it's a little overwhelming, where would you go for an encouragement? Had that experience this past week. It was kind of a grueling week, lots of meetings. We we're meeting with architects on the new property and the new building, um, lots of those meetings, things that we were doing as staff. We're in the middle of the Easter ramp now. We're all looking forward to Easter, start making points to be a part of that. We got, um, we're going to do all the program outside again this year, so we'll all be over at the pavilion on the new property. So start praying now for good weather. They had all that going on this week as we're planning for that and Spring Fest and the activities we do for the children of our community. We've been busy with the church in Tomball. It's an initiative our church started about six months ago where we're gathering pastors together for prayer and pastors together to think in terms of ideas for the future that we can do as the one church, as the United Church, not just our church and this church and that church. And had all that going on. In fact, one of those pastors texted me early this morning. Uh, He sent me the first text about 7.30, which is just too early to do text. I'm just, I gotta be honest, even on on a Sunday. And then he sent this text, I sent a second text around 8.30. He said, James, I have no idea what the trajectory will be for the church and Tomball initiatives, but I am pumped. I hope taking this step of gathering as one church will motivate people to take one another, one together. I see this as a building of a bridge, a two-way relationship between churches that can model for us being that bridge to our city. I'm not sure how the Lord will move in all of this, but I am convinced that he is indeed moving. I am grateful for the guidance and effort you and your team have put into this. Thank you so much. And then he references our team. Please extend my appreciation to Steve and Amy and Josh and Christy and on and on. And of course, the first of those initiatives that these United Churches is doing is the night in prayer and worship over at the depot in downtown Tomball, five o'clock Saturday, April 2nd. All that's been going on. It was just a busy week. And then I had multiple funerals on Friday. So I was doing multiple funerals. And, and that gets a little bit weary after a while. And I just needed some space. And it's like I needed that encouragement. And I went, got lunch from McDonald's, got my triple cheeseburger, went back to the cemetery and just kind of hid off in the corner someplace and sat there and ate my hamburger. And uh, my, one of my favorite songs came on the playlist. And uh, Carrie had just texted me. Carrie's my wife, if you haven't met her yet. And, uh, and she texted me and said, how you doing? How you holding up? And I took a picture of the dashboard because my favorite Christian worship song was, was on the playlist. And then I just sent it back to her and said, I'm coping. Because for me, going to music is one of those places I go for encouragement. And the song was, The Rock Won't Move by Vertical Church. But as much as music helps, as much as sometimes as solitude helps, as much as sometimes being around my family helps, the place I would default to for encouragement is church. I know, that sounds like such a pastor thing to say. But it is. I mean, imagine, imagine my heart this morning 
after a long and, and weary week that didn't rest on Saturday, coming into the service, and we're into the service, and we're singing. And the song that was encouraging me Friday in the back of a cemetery was the song I get to sing with my favorite people on the face of the earth. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. Church is where I go for encouragement. I'm going to give you four simple reasons why church is my source for encouragement. Why I don't need to go to substances that might alter personality or alter frame of reference or alter thinking or alter physical reactions. Why I don't need to go to um, any kind of artificial stimulation. But why I find substantive, absolute encouragement from being a part of a church. It's the most important reason to consider making sure and affiliating with a church. And it's Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians. This is what we've been studying. We took a couple weeks off out of the series. We kicked back up and we're going to talk about church for the next five weeks and the benefits of church. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, where we left off, Paul simply says how encouraged he is. He's encouraged by things Timothy's doing. He's encouraged by things the church in Thessalonica is doing. He's encouraged by what he sees God doing through the people's hearts. And that gives him strength. And when he was in Thessalonica, it was a difficult time. He was persecuted. He was arrested. He was run out of town. It wasn't a vacation. But yet that church became a source of encouragement for him. And his connection with him hasn't changed. It's a shared encouragement in the very first part of verse 6. He says, But Timothy has now come to us and brought us good news about your faith and love. It's that sense of connection. Paul was encouraged because Timothy had returned and because Paul couldn't be in Thessalonica. He was excited and he was encouraged to hear what the church in Thessalonica was doing. He was encouraged to see that they were growing, that they were growing in their faith, they were growing in their love, their affection for one another, their caring, their relationship. Because one of the best benefits of church and one of the reasons it is my source of encouragement is because we are intentionally engaged with one another. In whatever way that engagement takes place, whether it's praying for somebody or being in a small group and getting to share, or whether it's talking to somebody in our conversations and tell them, hey, this is, this is how my week's been. How are you doing? How can we do this together? It's that moment when we find out a diagnosis on something that's difficult, and yet you come to church and somebody stands with you and prays for you. It's that moment when you feel like the whole world's just mean. And fighting and and mad all the time. And you walk through the doors. And there's somebody there. And and in our congregation, that somebody could be a junior high school kid in sixth grade today. Or it could be a senior adult. And they are genuinely glad to see you. And you feel genuinely welcomed. It's that sense of engagement. It's that sense of connection. We belong together. And the really cool part about church is you don't have to have tenure to belong. If this is your first Sunday with us, if this is the first time you've been a part of us and come in, hopefully, ideally, strategically, you were engaged and you were told you were appreciated. You were told you were valued. You were told we're glad. We're thankful you're here. You weren't told in some comical way that makes it into all the sitcoms, oh, 
you're not from around here. Matter of fact, we try real hard. None of us dress alike. So you can come any way you want. We're all different. But we're all connected. We're all engaged. We work so hard to make sure that we can connect even with our live stream. This is Spring Bake Weekend. It is for us because of the younger demographic of our congregation and the younger demographic of our community. It is for us one of the typically lowest Sundays of the year because they all left. I mean, thankful for the four students that still are here. (laughs) But I know some of your families and you guys are leaving as soon as church is over. But thanks for coming to church before you leave. It's spring break. Everybody's out of town. Everybody's gone. They'll be on live stream. They're not watching right at this moment. But I'll go ahead and say hi, guys, because they'll watch tonight after they're done at the amusement park or the beach or the lake or wherever they're at. I'm so glad we still can connect, even online. Already in the chat this morning, one of our dear, precious members, lady in our church who can't come to church right now because of physical difficulties, has already said, I'm so glad to be here this morning. I'm so glad to connect. Everybody just real quick, just pause and say, you got to go to center camera, camera number two. It's directly in the back, right behind all you guys sitting in the back row. Just wave. Hi, Dorothy. We're glad you're here. Hi, Dorothy. All right. It's a place of engagement, and it encourages us. We were designed from the beginning to be social. God created everything and said it is good. He created a man and said it's not good. It didn't. This didn't come out quite the way I envisioned it in the sketches and the drawings. He said, it is not good for this guy to be alone. And so he created a wife for Adam, and he created and helped us understand from that passage of Scripture, it's not good for us to be alone. We are meant to be together. And church lets that happen. Church gives us that engagement. In fact, Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, for God is my witness, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I know this is true for me, but if I'm gone or if I'm out, I just miss you. And I want everybody watching our live stream and everybody on spring break to know we miss you. And we'll be glad to have everybody back home next week. It's a place of engagement. But it's also a place of shared experience. Paul goes on to say, now that Timothy's back, he reported that you always have good memories of us And that you long to see us as we long to see you. That that engagement becomes experience. It's it's sharing life together. It's shared experiences. It's the things we've done together and the things we've experienced together in all shapes and forms. It's those difficult moments. It was when you go through that illness, but yet your Bible study group was there. They were bringing meals over. They were taking care of you. They were calling you. They were visiting you, and they were touching base with you. It's that shared experience. It's those moments where it became obvious, I am on this journey. I am on this walk. I'm on this hike. I'm on this trek, and, but I'm not doing it by myself. And you can reflect back on it. And that's why so much of what we do oftentimes reflects back. 
Because we remember those experiences and those times. We remember those good times. I was walking with one of our sixth graders this morning early, getting some mints for the cafe. And we were talking about when we first met. And he was trying to remember when I first met. And, and he was thinking he was about one. And, and then we recognized and we both said, well, we remember when you were baptized. And, and, and then that took place. It's shared. It's these shared experiences. You stay long enough. You know one another and you experience things together. And that's encouraging. In fact, again, the Apostle Paul, Paul's pretty well writing just about everything we're looking at today. He wrote Thessalonians, he wrote Philippians, he wrote Corinthians, where in Corinthians he says to that church, now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ. It's just better to be together. The journeys of this life quite honestly, aren't really handled very well by ourselves. And church gives me a place to go where I walk, where I experience, where I can talk about those memories. And I'm getting older, and I tend to do that more regularly. But it's with my friends. It's with my church. Things, things take place, but we are doing those journeys. We're doing those walks together. And in that regard, there's a shared exposure as well. He goes on to say in this same passage, verses 6 through 8, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and affliction, we were encouraged about you through your faith. I, I love Paul's honesty. He's writing to this church. He's telling them how much he loves them. He's telling them how grateful he is and how encouraging they are. And he just openly and honestly says, Look, our experience, our shared journey that we just talked about, it wasn't always good. You know, and all the distress and affliction, and the distress and the affliction was significant. He had come to Thessalonica because of persecution in Philippi. He had come to that town. He had come to the establishment of that church during difficult and hard moments. And while he was with that church, it wasn't easy but sometimes we, we paint this picture and I think we give the wrong impression of perfect church and we're just not. We, we make mistakes. We sing sometimes it is well with our soul. And then sometimes we sing it is well with our sour. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, ask the media team to replay the lyrics for you later. It's, just, it's not always perfect. And we're okay with that. We're fine with that. And sometimes it can be extremely difficult. I stood with one of our deacons this morning. We were laughing because it's many years later, but we were remembering and we were reflecting on when his mother passed away, which was difficult, and when his father passed away, it was difficult. Not all the shared experiences were good moments. But as Paul says, we are open about that. There's a shared exposure. We're not only engaged and we're not only having similar experiences, but we're willing to open up and reveal that. And we're not asking anyone to go to some level of authenticity that becomes horribly uncomfortable and awkward. But we, we're honest with one another. This shared exposure allows us to say, you know, it's not always easy. I, I can tell you, it wasn't an easy week for me. And I can tell you, by the time I had finished my second funeral on Friday, I was tired. I was exhausted. There was a, even a, a 
tinge of depression on the outside of my thinking and my perspective. And I needed to realign that. And I needed to change my latitude and I needed to change my attitude in a way that did not require substance or any other kind of artificial moment. But the substantive understanding that I could be honest with people and tell them I was hurting, tell them I was, I was struggling, let them know. In that case, the, the person who prays the most for me stands beside me the most and has shared the most experiences, bad and good with me, my wife, and just be able to tell her, I'm coping, I'm dealing with this because I'm not always strong. Shared exposure means there is an authenticity to the relationship. We don't want to come in. And we, 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 we try not to be so on the imperfect side that we're always bragging about everything that's wrong with us. But we don't want to come in on Sunday morning. We're, we're not a show. So we're not, we're not interested in just giving you the impression everything's perfect. This should be a safe place. It can be a safe place where I can talk about how things didn't go well at school. Where I can talk about how things didn't go great at my job. Where I can honestly say to friends and not worry about them, them judging me, look, with all the shifts and changes of COVID, I've been laid off. I don't have employment. I need you to pray. I need you to cooperate. And I need you to think collectively, are, are there opportunities that might work? We have these moments. We don't need to put a facade. Every veneer I've ever dealt with has trash underneath it. You know, moved some bookcases a couple weeks ago, and they look absolutely gorgeous on the outside. One of them got dented and broken up, and all that's underneath it is just ugly old particle board. I'm working on changing the particle board in my life, but I don't need a veneer when I'm with my friends. This is who I am. You can judge it if you want, but I feel safe at church. I feel safe if I ask somebody to pray for me that they will pray, not just gossip about it. I, I feel safe if I let somebody realize that, hey, I'm a little upset right now because one of those substances I still struggle with is sugar and I swallowed a Pilates ball a couple of weeks ago. I, I feel safe. That doesn't mean I tried on six different shirts this morning to find the one that covered the Pilates ball the best, but I feel safe. Because this isn't a place for judgment. Well, we discern. I don't want anybody to take it wrong. Scripture is very clear. There is no place for judgment because that is God's exclusive right. There's every place for discernment. We need to make right decisions and we encourage one another in our decision making so that we do the right things, so that we are good people, we are ultimately godly people, and people see Jesus in us. Our life reflects the holiness of God, even if it's in the midst of struggle. I, I keep debating, but I'm not on any social media, which is probably the ultimate expression of authenticity, um, both good and bad. But how do we share? And then how do we share in relationship? Well, it's not sensational and it's, and it's, and it's not superficial, but it's just us. It's just us struggling and rejoicing. Paul told the church at Rome that 
our relationship was of such a nature that when one of us hurts, all of us hurt, all of us grieve, all of us need comfort. But when one of us succeeds, when, when one of us prospers, when, when one of us gets everything right, all of us rejoice. We celebrate. We're not envious. I'm telling you what, the church in Tombaugh, one of the biggest and most difficult tasks on gathering pastors is that it is inherent in our industry, so to speak, sounding slightly secular, but it is an industry, it is a commission, it is a vocation, is the tendency to compare, to be unified the way these pastors are unified, to be able to pray together the way we've been praying together We have to come forward and say, okay, we're going to do away with jealousy. We're going to do away with, oh, you're more successful than this. You've got more people than this, or you've got more money than this. You've got more resource than this. You're better known than I am. You've got more followers than I do. Um, That's kind of freeing, by the way, about not being on social media. I don't have to worry about followers. I don't pay any attention to counts. I just live my life the way I want to without everybody else's opinion. Because sometimes the reason we're not authentic, authentic with one another is because we've done that and it hurt us. We were judged, we were criticized, you know, we were shamed. Church is a place where we should be authentic, where we should feel comfortable being somewhat exposed but not having to worry about ever being judged or shamed. Because we're all seeking forgiveness from the same Savior. And he loves each and every one of us the same. He doesn't favor any one of his children over any other child. Just as one of the songs we sang this morning said, we remember Mary, that sweet mother of Jesus, as a teenager who the angel announced and said, Mary, you're chosen for this path, for this task, because God's favor rests on you. It wasn't because Mary was some unique person in history. It was because Mary was just responsive to what God wanted. And she was no different than anyone who's in here or anyone who's on live stream at this moment. God's favor rests on all his children. Sometimes the most difficult thing to grasp in our culture today about the truth of who God is and how God functions is that he absolutely unconditionally loves you. He just loves you just as you are. And any modifications he wants to make in your life is because he knows you will be happier. Jesus' word was more abundantly experiencing this life if you'll let him make the changes. It's all because he loves us. And then last, and I think in some ways one of the most important parts of how I get encouraged by church is we have shared examples. He says, and Paul says, and I, I mean, actually, in Thessalonians, in the last part of Thessalonians, in the very last part of verse eight, he says, for now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. Isaiah prophesied this about the new messianic culture after the Messiah would come, after Jesus would come. He said, each one helps the other and says to another, take courage. In Isaiah 41, verse 6, take courage. We say to one another, take courage. Paul said to the church of Philippi, just one thing, 
as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ, then whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. One of the ways we most need one another is the shared example we have from one another. We're all at different phases and different stages of our lives and of our faith. And the people around us have the ability to show for us how you do this. And I I could name to you my mentors and and my heroes and things I learned from them and, and, and modeled after them. But I had that collaboration because I was a part of the church. We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. We set examples for one another. Somebody's watching you. When you're standing in line up in the cafe and there's six people ahead of you trying to get coffee and you look up on the monitor and the service has already started, how I know this so intimately is because it happened to me today. There's other people watching. How do we handle that situation? How how do we model that situation? Headed to church this morning, I'm cruising along, and I come to a stoplight. I don't like stoplights. Um, And I'm sitting there kind of frustrated, and I look over, and in the car immediately adjacent to me, because the only people out on Sunday mornings are church people, is one of our deacons and his wife who leads in our women's ministry. I think he's actually the new chairman of our deacons. I'm so Glad I wasn't hitting the steering wheel or doing something. There's an example. I am an example at times. I feel a little uncomfortable with that sometimes, but I'm probably the most public figure in the life of our congregation. People watch. But I watch. I'm watching you. I see how you handle your your relationships at home. I see how your kids are reacting on a Sunday morning. We, We collaborate together. We work together. Our staff works together. We do things together, and that shared example helps us. It encourages us to move towards the goal. There's all kinds of different learners, but I think all of us, to some degree or another, are visual learners. We learn best, and we're motivated best when we see an example of what we want to model or imitate or become like. And church gives you that place. It gives you a place to be an example and it gives you a place to find an example. It's a collaborative effort because we're in this together. And all of this that is a benefit of being a part of church is the reason the church can impact our community. It's the reason we can leave out of here today with that unified goal in our hearts as we phrase it as a church Inviting others into a life-changing relationship with Jesus, one conversation at a time. Because we know how Jesus changes lives. We know how he did it in our life, and we know how he did it in our friend's life, in our congregation's life, in our church. So let's engage with one another. Let's be willing to share the experiences And if it requires exposure, then we will gently and carefully enter into that and we will gently and carefully protect the ability to be safe and authentic in a group. And that that moment of collaboration 
gives examples that go way beyond this congregation. Goes into the lives of our families, our neighborhoods, our communities, our cultures, our jobs, our schools. Because we are, we are the receptacle that God has chosen to reveal his light to the world through. And we are not going to hide that light. We're going to mount it as high as we possibly can and let people know Jesus still changes lives.